0: hello hello everyone welcome back to this week's episode of lit af with me your host sarah Cohen. this week's episode is a very special near and dear episode um it is the story of my recent miscarriage i had a missed miscarriage lol <laughs> my body just really loved being pregnant <laughs> um And I share this story because hearing so many friends and other women share and tell me their stories of miscarriage, um, just really helped me normalize the entire process. So I thought I would share my story in the best way I knew how on this podcast, um, in case it helps or supports anyone else that is going through a similar thing. And I should say that, like, miscarriage was just not even on my radar. It was not, it wasn't something that I thought I was going to have. It wasn't something that, um, that was just, just, I, I was just, I was pregnant and that was that. hello <laughs> Lol. <laughs> universe had some other plans for me so um, I'm not going to do a check-in this week because I feel like this episode is my (laughs) check-in so I really hope you enjoy Um, and I do have one announcement I just want to say that um, the goals setting workshop um, that so many of you took a couple weeks ago will be available next week so if you are interested in um, signing up for this workshop get on the email list you can join my email list at sarahcohan.com that's s-a-r-a-h-c-o-h-a-n.com and you'll be the first to know when the workshop is available should be next week now that i've said that out loud i'm gonna have to do that (laughs) so um without further ado here is the story of my miscarriage So I want to share the story of my recent miscarriage. And I want to share this so that any woman that is going through the exact same thing or a similar thing, maybe it's an abortion, maybe it's a miscarriage, miss miscarriage. There's definitely a lot of types of miscarriages that I've learned from this week. Um, I want this to be for you so that you don't feel alone, you don't feel broken. Cuz those are the two things that I felt in the doctor's office when I received the news. And it turns out this is a really really common thing. And I just want to share my story to help normalize it. On New Year's Eve, I went in for a 10 week ultrasound at my doctor's office. I went in feeling very pregnant. I was super exhausted. Um, I could barely exercise or walk up hills. I truly felt like my baby bump was growing. And I just had a lot of hope walking into that office. Um, As I walked in, I found out it was my doctor's last day, which is not the best timing. <laughs> and we were talking about who my next doctor was going to be or my who my next OBGYN was going to be and taking the um 10 week um genetic test kit and all kinds of things what where the 20 week um scan was going to be just a lot of planning. Um and everything just felt very normal. And as I laid down on the table, we did um, my first stomach ultrasound. So the first um, ultrasound I had was vaginal. And then the second one was, was I didn't even have to take my clothes off. I could just lay there, which was awesome. And as soon as she started searching for a heartbeat in the embryo, nothing was popping up on the screen. It was just those weird gray and black patterns on a normal ultrasound and a black, kind of like a, a pit-shaped thing in the middle where the heartbeat and the embryo were supposed to be and where they had been on my last ultrasound. And my sweet doctor was like, okay, I'm not sure what's going on. We're going to get the vaginal ultrasound. It could be your bladder that's in front of it. Um, we're going to, you know, wheel in the cart. So they wheel the cart in, they switch it all up, do a vaginal ultrasound, and there's just absolutely nothing. And I was in, I was in shock. I had no response. I had no tears. I had nothing to say. I was just laying there like, what the literal fuck? I was always under the impression that if you had a miscarriage, your body would miscarry right away. Um, Boy, was I wrong. (laughs) And um, not only there was no heartbeat, there was no embryo. Like it was just there was absolutely nothing, just a black hole. And... Everything kind of went into a blur after that. The doctor told me to put my clothes on. She was going to be back in a second. Got dressed. um, And she told me to call my husband. I rang my husband. And I wasn't really sure how I was going to put a sentence together. To explain that our baby was gone. Um, All of our hopes, dreams, and plans just kind of dissolved in that moment. I had decided to give the baby the nickname of Beansprout because that's what it looked like on the previous ultrasound. I want to play a clip from a video YouTube series that I recorded. It was supposed to be a weekly series about what it felt like to be pregnant. And here I am explaining my first ultrasound. So... Big stuff happened this week. I had a prenatal appointment at my doctor's office, and I got an ultrasound. I believe it's a vaginal ultrasound, and we got to take a look at the baby. We got to um, see the little bean sprout. That's what I'm calling it. And we got to hear its heartbeat, which was so cool. It's like, it's got a heartbeat. It was very fast. It was so cute. Um so here's the ultrasound i want to share this with all of you bam and here down here you can see this little heartbeat look at that so cool and that i couldn't believe that you could just hear it at week six i mean there were no words to properly explain to my husband what had happened unfortunately for me he didn't pick up the phone (laughs) Um, So I just sat there. I sat there waiting, and she came back in, and she went over my options. She said that I could have a D and c procedure. I had no idea what that meant. Found out that that is the procedural name for an abortion. Or I could take meds um, that would induce a basically labor to, um, you know, get rid of all of the material that was still inside of my uterus. I think there might have been a third option. Honestly, I'm not even sure. It's my memory is just so hazy in this moment. It's interesting how sometimes you find out news and everything's crystal clear and you I mean, you it's almost like you can hear the sound of the air conditioning system. <laughs> but in this case, I I felt almost like a ringing in my ears and not just like just floating. Like I was not, I was not there in that room. Um, so she might've given me the option to just wait and let my body pass it. If she did, I have zero memory of that whatsoever. I asked her if meds meant the abortion pill and she confirmed that. And I just thought to myself, I have been so fucking careful my entire life. So I didn't have to experience the emotions of having an abortion, and there I was being told that I had to take the abortion pill. It was, um, it was so defeating. It made it mean that I had failed, that I was broken, I was alone. Literally, because my husband was not allowed to, with the, to the visit because of COVID. Now I would be someone that had gotten an abortion. <laughs> Which, whoo, so much programming around that. If you've had an abortion, I uh, commend you and I respect you and I want to give you a huge hug. Because that is a big fucking decision to make. And you made the right choice for you. Just as I made that right choice for me in that doctor's office. She went over the very complicated directions of taking the abortion pill. I didn't understand any of it. She gave me a sheet of paper, fortunately, with directions written down. And then she told me that I had to sign a waiver saying that I knew I was getting an abortion. It wasn't, like, as if (laughs) it's bad enough when you're grieving a loss in a fucking hospital, not in your home surrounded by family, then to be told that you have to go through a procedure to heal from that loss, and then on top of that, the government has decided that you have to sign a waiver, stating that you were consenting to have an abortion. When there was no embryo, there was nothing alive inside of my body. That felt like an injustice. But again, I was just floating. I grabbed the pen and I signed the paper. Honestly, couldn't even tell you what was on that piece of paper. Next, I grabbed all of my things. And I just remember everything taking longer than it was supposed to. So I I grabbed my things and it felt like that took an hour and followed the doctor down the hallway to the nurse's station. Again, I was talking to, I believe, the nurse about scheduling my follow-up appointment when another nurse came to administer the first portion of the abortion pill. (laughs) And I'm assuming this is either government ordered or just part of the fucking system. But the nurse asked me to hold out my hand so that I could take the pill. He had a juice box, a little apple juice ready for me. And then he had the nerve to tell me, like, you needed to confirm that taking the pill meant it would be gone. And I just looked at him and I said, it's already gone. And he apologized, and I just thought, "How is the government interfering into something so personal as a miscarriage slash abortion?" A that blows my mind because this is maybe the most personal thing that I could be going through and the fact that I had these very just bureaucratic um, steps to follow was insane to me then I floated my way to the bathroom where I could finally cry and I just sobbed I let it all out the disappointment the fear the disbelief And the pain. You see, it turns out that I had actually miscarried at eight weeks, according to the doctor. And um, my body just did not realize it. So for the past two weeks before that appointment, I was walking around (laughs) rubbing my belly with oil Recording pregnancy videos, tracking symptoms, taking prenatal pills. I was doing it all for nothing. And that's what got me the most. Here's a recording from week nine of my baby bump. Okay, so here's the bump. And I'm kind of, I'm like, I feel, I feel like I'm showing. I for sure feel like I'm showing. It's um just... If you don't know me and if you don't know I'm pregnant, you probably don't notice it. But like, yeah, I'm, I feel it. And let me tell you guys, the pants, pants are tight. That video was all I could think about in that bathroom when I was sobbing from the news of my loss. I couldn't believe how disconnected from my body, from the reality of my body, that I truly was. Which is very strange for me. I'm, I am very connected to my body. I knew right away that I was pregnant. Right away. So to be so out of touch and so confused that I still had pregnancy acne And that I had gained 15 pounds already. And that my belly bump was indeed growing. That it was just all a lie. I felt so silly. So silly. And then I knew it was time to call my husband. That is one phone call I never want to make. But I found the words... Through my tears, I told him the baby was gone and that I needed to have an abortion um, because my body did not realize I wasn't pregnant anymore. And thank you, universe for my husband because he was on his way to work and he just immediately turned around and spent three sick days with me. Grieving and healing from this loss. So, as he was coming home, I floated down to the pharmacy, the doctor's office. And that's really when reality set in. I mean, I was just sitting there waiting for my prescriptions to be filled, I was crying into my face mask. I looked like a zombie. I had almost no purpose and didn't care what I looked like. I was just a blob waiting for my name to appear on the screen to show that my prescription could be filled. That was maybe the longest 20 minutes of my life. And then... I walked outside. I remember it was raining that day. Weird morning rainstorm. It's pretty rare in San Francisco for it to just storm for like three hours and then clear up. But that's exactly what happened. And I decided to take an electric scooter home. One of those like lime scooters. And as I was on this scooter and I was going into the rain, so the rain was like, it was like a sheet of ice almost going straight into my eyes. And I don't know if that's what woke me up. Um, or maybe there's just my fucking personal development tools that were just going on autopilot in my head. But I just thought I'm not broken. I am whole. And then I just tried to remember three things or three times that I knew that I was whole. And then I thought, okay, this is another change. You see, when I first found out I was pregnant, it really scared the shit out of me. It rocked me. I freaked out. I thought about all of the different options that I could have, including an abortion. Here's another clip from one of the YouTube series videos that I recorded. It's from the first video of the series. It talks about me considering all my options in the pregnancy. And I should say, too, that... um we did like we did have conversations about what we wanted to do. I want to be really honest about that. Like we, I just felt like it would be. It was something that we had been talking about. And even though in my heart of hearts, I wish I had one more year, um, one more year before we had a baby, I think that this baby is it's coming early, <laughs> and um, I would just feel I would feel so guilty, not going through with it. So it's not that we didn't think about it. I do want to say that we did um, explore all the different realities and all the different options. And this is where we left. Yeah. I don't know if you can hear it, but I'm almost laughing through the shock. Like my voice, I like looking at these videos from now where I'm at now, I almost, I feel like I'm an entirely different person. Ultimately, I decided to have the baby. (laughs) Universe planned otherwise. But I just thought to myself, okay, this is another change. What does this mean for the future now? And randomly, my husband had planned a honeymoon for us in February in Mexico. He was nervous to give me the gift on Christmas. And I was ecstatic. I was I cried when he gave it to me. I was just so excited to have something to look forward to. And now, just like I had originally planned, I will get to go on my honeymoon without being pregnant. Which I kind of come to terms with the fact of it and and really it didn't matter anymore. But suddenly I just, I felt like I had something to look forward to. And then I got home. And my husband came home. This is when I started a daily practice of eating a chocolate croissant. I really learned that I grieve um, by eating bread and chocolate. (laughs) Lots of sugar. Um, And I was just being really gentle to myself, allowing myself anything that I wanted or needed without any judgment. Which was really, really fucking cool to go through this experience with that mindset. So my husband came home. We took turns crying. We talked about how we felt. The feelings that were coming up. We took a walk with our puppy. I was very, very gentle to myself that day. And then I prepared for the abortion, the actual abortion, the following day. Which meant saltines for nausea. Heavy duty menstrual pads. I'm talking basically diapers. I think anyone who's had a baby knows what I'm talking about. The next morning, I felt like I was preparing for war. So I decided if you're going to go into battle, you might as well have blueberry pancakes for breakfast. (laughs) I don't know why. It is just what my brain came up with. So I made some fucking delicious blueberry ricotta pancakes. And... Then I took the rest of the pills. So the way the abortion pill works is you take this first this first pill that kind of prepares your body. It, it starts the bleeding. And then you take eight doses of misoprostol, something like that. And then that induces the cramping. And you hold it in your cheeks for 30 minutes. And then you swish some water in your mouth and swallow everything. And for some women, this doesn't take... Some women have to take this multiple times in order for the cramping to be induced. So, I wasn't sure if it was going to take. I was just kind of preparing for everything. I took an ibuprofen, and then I waited three hours. My husband and I sat on the couch. We watched TV. We made each other laugh. So, then the nausea started. And... My friend had just told me a horror story of sitting with her friend during her abortion. What an angel. And how painful it was for her friend. She spent the day on the bathroom floor. She had flu-like symptoms. She bled through a pad almost every 30 minutes, maybe more. Um, And it was just brutal. And I imagine this is Similar to pregnancy, the cramping anyway, not the actual, you know, birthing of a child. What's coming out is a little bit of a different shape. <laughs> so I took the nausea pill immediately. I just didn't. Honestly, I was in so much pain already. I didn't want to be in any more pain And then the cramping started and I started just pacing in my apartment like I've never done before, rubbing my belly and breathing, just breathing. And it really, they were intense cramps and it started to get unbearable. I was doing like cat cow stretches on the ground and (laughs) <laughs> moaning, lots of moaning. <laughs> um, So I decided to take the Percocet that my doctor prescribed me. And I was trying to hold off as long as I could to take it, but I just didn't want to feel anything. So I took the Percocet and 30 minutes later, Super fucking relaxed on my couch. It was like I barely could feel anything. And that is exactly what I wanted. Which I believe is how addiction starts. Um, my husband told me that he was upset that I had been prescribed five Percocets. <laughs> and he's right. Addiction runs in my family. My grandmother was addicted to painkillers and heroin. And um, I don't want to go down that road. I really don't. But I got a glimpse into why she did, for sure. So over the next four and a half or five hours, I was changing my pad. I was passing blood clots, large pieces of material. And I cried every single time that I was in the bathroom and I saw something come out because it was... A piece of my future child, it was a piece of my future. And that is how I spent my New Year's, having an abortion in my apartment. The tears and the crying were pretty pretty heavy in those first couple of days. My husband and I um, kept holding each other when we needed to. And I just want to share a quote from Elizabeth Gilbert about grief. She says, grief is a force of energy that cannot be controlled or predicted. It comes and goes on its own schedule. Grief does not obey your plans or your wishes. Grief will do whatever it wants to you when it wants to. In that regard, grief has a lot of common with love. Those words really helped me in those first couple of days, process exactly what was going on, honor what I needed. The cramping did come and go every once in a while over the next four days. And four days after I actually, the cramping had started. So four days after I took the second part of the pill, I got really bad cramps and I just thought I was getting a period. I was like, "Damn, this my body is like ready to go already." Okay. And then a few hours later, I passed more tissue, and then it stopped. So, continued for on and off for just four days, um, and then the bleeding continued for ten days. I got a rash on my vagina because of the pads that I was using. I was using the Always brand. Apparently, you're not supposed to use Always. <laughs> thought I was treating myself. Because usually I buy the store brand. Ooh, isn't that ironic? And I just had my follow-up ultrasound two days ago. And um, I'm very glad to report that uh, my body passed everything. Very, very strangely, this entire process has revealed um, a genetic mutation um, that I am working with my team of doctors now um to see what it is and what i need to do. Um i'm not sure how serious it is. I have no information about it. Um but i am i am really grateful that this pregnancy revealed that i don't think i would have gone to a doctor to deal with the symptoms or you know the the symptoms are very slight. I just have a high platelet count. But I don't think I would have been to an allopathic doctor to see what was going on unless I was pregnant. So I'm very, very grateful that this entire process brought that out and has had that come to light. It was revealed to me in my last doctor's appointment that actually this um, situation, condition, I don't know what to call it yet, Um is, is actually prone to causing miscarriages. And so that's likely why I miscarried. So it's at least nice to have some information. It doesn't change what happened. But it certainly has changed um, how I look towards the future. So I'm going to be working with them on what I have to do to be able to even get pregnant if that's possible. I share this story because... I started reaching out to friends I told my mom I told all of my friends and now I'm starting to tell my larger community I cannot tell you how grateful I am for the amount of support that I have received I've had friends come visit bring me flowers the flowers, oh my god The flowers made me feel so good every time I saw them. Seriously. The power of flowers are real. And um, I've discovered that several of my close friends went through similar miscarriages. And they've gone on to have very, very healthy babies. I didn't know that. I just didn't know that before I went into this. I couldn't name one person that I knew that had a miscarriage. And all of a sudden, after this information, I had like three. Uh, and then I found out from a very good friend of mine that she was going through the exact same situation, but two weeks before me. So, holy shit. I I felt like I wasn't alone anymore. I didn't feel broken. <laughs> I didn't feel special in the wrong way. <laughs> I felt so held and now i'm glad that i'm getting some perspective i can say that i truly um do want to have a child i've been through that experience i've lived it i know it i can say that um i've had an abortion and i know exactly how that feels And, um, I'm not sure what the path is going to be forward, but I feel so optimistic about it, whatever it may be, whatever it may be. And it's just a wonderful reminder that I have no control. I have very, I have some control. I have a little control, but there's so many things that are outside of my control, no matter how hard I plan. (laughs) No matter how, what dates I put down on my goals planning checklist to get pregnant by or start getting pregnant by, I just, I, I don't have control of everything. And that's kind of a blessing. Like, you don't want me in control of everything. <laughs> so, um, that is the story of my miscarriage. And if you have one, please share it with me. I want to hear your story. It will help me. It will just continue to help me move forward and I really appreciate you listening to this story. If you have a friend who's um going through something similar, I hope you share this with them. Um because it could be it could be really eye-opening for them as well. I also want to share a few resources um to hear others' stories and get support while um you are potentially experiencing a miscarriage. Um, There is a wonderful organization called Hand Support. Their website is handsupport.org. And they have um, several stories of fellow women that are going through the same process. Um, And another thing that really helped me was listening to Amanda Palmer, who's a wonderful artist. She was on the Tim Ferriss podcast. I'm going to link the episode below. And she goes in wonderful detail about her miscarriage. And she does it without any meds, which I'm just like, bow down. Like, that is my goal. I took a Percocet. (laughs) Where's the scissor? Um, But yeah, Uh, highly, highly recommend listening to her story because it's very, very moving. Um, And I think it talks a lot, too, about how, as women, we just don't talk about this enough. I wish that there was a way for me to celebrate, not celebrate, but um, have some sort of ritual around what I'm going through and what so many of my friends have gone through and so many other women are experiencing. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening. That's it for today's episode. If you have a moment, please rate and review. Hit subscribe to keep up with new episodes and pass it along to a friend. Thanks again for joining. I hope you'll come back for more. In the meantime, check out sarahcohan.com. That's S A R A H C O H A N.com.